Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Monday, May 3rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The exhausting NFL draft is over, and every team got every player it wanted, right? Well, that's what they'll tell you anyway. It takes a few years to properly evaluate a draft class. For instance, did you know only one player remains on the roster for the Chiefs from the 2017 class? So, big failure, right? Nope. That one player is Patrick Mahomes. Today, we'll hear from the Chiefs about the draft. We'll start out with Andy Reid, who met with reporters after the team had selected Missouri linebacker Nick Bolton and Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey in the second round. Excellent players, both of them. We'll see how their skill sets translate to the NFL. Bolton is seen initially as depth at linebacker. He called the defensive plays over the last two seasons at Mizzou and has that capability. It's the first time that the Chiefs have used their first pick to select a Missouri player. Five selections later, the Chiefs picked Humphrey, who I think is the player with the best chance of starting as a rookie. He brings size and skill to the offensive line and is part of the position group's makeover that we will talk in greater detail about on a Sportsbeat KC later on this week. So, after Reed on the first two picks, you'll hear from Bolton and Humphrey. So, let's get started. All right, so listen, a college player from University of Missouri, and um, I, I, what you're going to get with him is uh, just a all-out, aggressive, smart football player. Not the biggest guy, but uh, very, very tough, um, great tackler, great ball skills and um, uh, in the pass game part of it, and uh, tremendous leadership, so... We look forward to bringing him on board. Um, and then Creed Humphrey uh, from uh, Oklahoma, um, big kid that, again, is extremely smart. The thing you'll notice with him is he can snap with either hand, natural left-handed snapper, but he could do either one. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's best probably with his left hand. That's his natural hand. <clears throat> but he's taught himself how to do it also right-handed. Uh Great, great feet and work ethic and, and then a, a big man. And so Creed will be a nice addition to that offensive line. Um, my hat goes off to Brett Veach and his um, his crew of, of scouts and, uh, and really the whole personnel department there of just batting down and uh, taking the best players at, at the spot once we got to this position, uh, taking the best players that were there. It takes discipline to do that. And, um, and Brett did that, and um, I think we came out with two good football players. Obviously, time tells, but um, they, they sure were good college football players. We think it'll transfer right right into here in Kansas City. Both good citizens, too. Good good kids. And, uh, they'll be great in the locker room for us. Anyways, with that time, George. Let's go first to Herbie T.O.B. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good evening. Always a pleasure to see you, as always. Thanks, sir. Hey, um, reference Nick Bolton, and I know you still have to go through OTAs and training camp, but based on what you've seen in his production at Mizzou, is, is he a kind of guy that you could probably project to, to immediately contribute, kind of like what you had in mind with Willie Gay last year? Yeah, so he can play the Mike linebacker position, but he can also play the other positions there. So, um, <clears throat> yes, he can. Uh, we, we had a bit of an advantage that we have Andy Hill on staff and and he coached him so uh, and knows him personally, um, which, which helps. But um, we, we felt that he could help us in any of the three positions. 
And you can't have enough of those guys. We're a little bit short just on bodies and at that at that spot at our linebacker spot. So uh, this this helps us there. Go next to Dave Scretta. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, good evening, Andy. You mentioned that you know you took the best players on your board, and and that's always the case, I know. But these two guys also seem to fit two of your biggest needs. Um, would you would you say that's pretty accurate? And how delighted were you that that the board actually fell that way? Yeah, well, we listen. We we knew there was a, a good group of uh, offensive linemen, um, and so you figured there would be an offensive lineman there potentially. You're hoping it was one that you you liked, um, and then <clears throat> um, uh, the linebacker spot was a bit thin. Uh, but again, the way it fell, um, you know, th- this this kid. Uh, uh, I thought it was a no-brainer uh, when we got to that spot. I mean, you, you put on the film and, the, you know, you watch him play, and which I'm sure most of you guys have, that you just see he jumps out at you. So um, uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't too tough of a, a choice there. But um, And listen, there's some other good players. Up there. I'm not saying that, but the, these were two of the guys that, that Brenna targeted before uh, we even got into the day here. So he was hoping that they would be there. Go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, Humphrey is now the fifth offensive line Then you guys have added, and counting the two guys who are opting back in. You're, you're basically at a total makeover here at your offensive line. And, and it, it was obvious you guys were going to make some changes there, but was this maybe more that you than you anticipated when the offseason began? And, Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up also. Well, no. Listen, we hadn't done a whole lot to that to that area for a bit, and we've got you know we've got good players coming back too. So uh, we've got this great competition that'll take place, and Adam, that brings out the best in all of us. So, um, and uh, you know, as a player, you you sit there, and I, I've talked to the guys about this. I mean, Brett's going to go do his job, and he's going to try to keep the competition high, and and uh, let's not run from that. Let's attack it, and. What it'll do is if you handle it right, it brings out the best in you uh, down the road. So embrace embrace the competition and keep on working to make yourself even better and thus the team better. And that's what that's what Brett's done with uh, with the offensive line. He's just added some uh, some great competition in there. Yeah. Okay. And um, hey, we heard from Brett last night about Orlando Brown, but this is our first chance to talk to you since the trade. I'd like to hear in your words what you liked about him, how you think he fits. Yeah, so um, Orlando, I mean, we know he's he's a big, big man. Uh, the part that you don't know is how much he loves football. And so he comes in and um, with, with a reputation here the last four years and during college of a kid that will be a leader in the locker room, leader amongst the offensive line, um, and also – uh, somebody that loves the game and those are all important things to us so he does he have to get in here and work his tail off and he'll have to learn a few new techniques and that uh, again all to make him better um, uh, and does he have room to continue to grow absolutely even even though he's been a two-time pro bowler here the last couple of years he's uh, one of the great things about football it's like being a farmer there's always work to uh, be done so and and so um, he'll, he'll do that. He'll, he'll get in here and work his tail off and, and get better. But, uh, some of those, um, intangible things, I, 
I sure like. And then again, we've had a chance to play against him here a couple different times, and he's a, he's a physical, you know, physical guy. So we 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 like that too. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. Uh, thanks for doing this. Just wanted to ask you. Um, just wanted to ask you what you learned about Nick and Creed in the pre-draft evaluations. Did you get a chance to talk with them on Zoom? And just what did you maybe learn about them that the tape doesn't show? Yeah, so I, I sat in on the Zooms. Um, I kind of kept back up, back off on it so we could get accomplished what we wanted to get accomplished with it. Um, and, the, and so the coaches, the position coaches did most of the talking. <clears throat> the coordinators and the head coach, we kind of sat back and chimed in only when, when needed there, but it, it, um, it was great to let these guys talk about football, talk about their life, um, where they're at, what, you know, how they perceive going forward here as a professional. And, um, so I, I was, you know, I did listen to these two and, uh, impressive. I, you know, I've got a special place in my heart for Missouri. So I, I, I've had to kind of sneak in on that one and, and listen, um, and then Orlando told us to go get Creed, you know, when he was here, he goes, there, there's a good one in Oklahoma. You need to take a peek at. So we had already uh, had our eye on him, but um, it, was, it was neat for Orlando to, uh, you know, put it out there to us that way. We'll go a few more. We'll start with Sam. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Hi, Sam. Um, how quickly do you feel like Creed can translate uh, to the next level? And do you view him strictly as a center or is he a guy that could maybe play some guard? Yeah, he could do either. He's a good athlete, you know, so he could, you know, probably could play all three if we had to go that route. But um, yeah, so uh, we'll just see, we'll see how he does. I mean, it's a competition part of it. You know, how Andy does it with uh, playing the five best. And so he's going to give everybody an opportunity to, show what they've got and we'll figure it out. But that competition, I mean, I can't say that enough. Uh, you, you bring that competition in the pitcher and it just makes everybody better. And thus, you know, in, that, in this case, the offensive line better. <clears throat> Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Randall, I'll just have one quick thing after this, but um, coach, we won't get Steve Spagnuolo for a while. I know if you're taking Nick with your top pick, he had to sign off on this. What uh, was his take and, and what makes him a, a Steve Spagnuolo type of linebacker? Yeah, well, he makes plays. And so, and he's smart. Uh, he makes all the calls uh, or made all the calls at Missouri. And we felt like he could do that here. Steve did. And um, you love his attitude. Uh, you love the whole story. I mean, you guys are going to get a great story with this and, and just with the kid and how he, you know, came up through the ranks here. So, um, you know, it, it's a good, solid, good, solid person and a heck of a football player. And then just, I, I know you're not into comparing to, to previous seasons, but it seems like there'll be competition for at least three or four offensive line spots. How excited do you get about this in-house tape that you're going to get to watch this training camp battle? It's going to be for really a lot of the offensive line positions. Yeah, I mean, you guys know how I feel about it. I mean, you're as good as your offensive line and defensive line are. So, you know, it's, uh, it's obviously important spots. Um, uh, so I, I love the competition that, that we've created, like I said, we've, we've had good players here. So, uh, but this, this even adds to the competition level and it should just make, should make us better. We'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey coach. Thanks for the time as always. You, bet, Matt. Um, you know, you mentioned that Nick is a little bit undersized. 
is is that just an evolution of that position, you know, with the linebackers role having to do more and more, especially with multiple receiver sets? And I mean, is that something that when you're going up against a team that's got a linebacker who can move around like he does and has that ability that you got to scheme around a little bit differently? Well, you guys know I'm, I'm familiar with small linebackers. I had a great one from Kansas State play for me, so at Philadelphia, and uh, and so uh, this is uh, th- this is no different. Um, he moves around well. He he can cover in the pass game, the RPO game. He's got a good feel for that, um, and he he still can shed and get off of the big guys, and that becomes important. <clears throat> so you know it's. Um, I'm expecting him to play as sweet as your shirt looks here. That was Chiefs coach Andy Reid. Now let's hear from Nick Bolton, the Mizzou player taken in the second round, number 58 overall. He was the Chiefs' first draft selection because a team had traded away its first round pick a week earlier to the Baltimore Ravens as part of the deal that brought Orlando Brown to Kansas City. Interesting note here is how Bolton knows Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker the Chiefs took in last year's draft. Here's Nick Bolton. I'm going to go first for questions to Herbie Teope with the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Nick. How are you, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well, thanks. I'm going to take you back to your pro day workout, because if you remember, I, I asked you the question that the Chiefs had talked to you, and, and then I asked you also, how was your reaction going to be if you heard your name called? So it, it's happened. Your name was called on TV. What was your reaction and, and knowing that you are going to stay close and play for the Chiefs? Yeah, so it's exciting uh, just being there. I kind of want my career kind of kind of still taking off a little bit. Uh, being in Missouri, being around uh, those that community, uh, being around close to uh, University of Missouri, that's kind of good in my heart. So uh, being close to Missouri, playing for the Chiefs, I was, was one of the dreams come true. Let's go next to Harold Kuntz. Go ahead, Harold. Nick, uh, see you in the Zooms again like we do at Mizzou. <laughs> good to see yeah. you. Uh, hey, well, for, I want to ask you, obviously, the, the story with your, your mother and your sister. What was just – Give me the, your overall emotions. What happened when you finally heard your name called? What the family was like, and what that reaction was like for you? Uh, just a sigh of relief. Uh, that's kind of the biggest thing. Uh, all the hard work I put in to get this position, uh, working uh, day in and day out, uh, trumping myself in position to get my name called uh, NFL draft. Uh, it's one been a dream of mine since I was uh, four or five years old. So uh, living living it out, uh, being with my family, being close to them, uh, was a special moment for all of us. Let's go next to Miss Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Nick, welcome to Kansas City. Uh, just wanted to ask you, did you have any idea that the Chiefs were going to be the team with Andy Hill here and, of course, Coach Reed's background with Missouri? Uh, no, I had no clue. Um, I didn't know uh, until a couple minutes prior to the, uh, the pick. Uh, I, I talked to uh, all the coaches. Um, I knew that they kind of liked me uh, being in Missouri, being kind of close. Uh, they could see me a lot. So I knew they kind of liked me a little bit, uh, but I didn't know uh, until the draft was called. Uh, that was, that was be my, uh, they're going to pick me. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Nick. And Brad, I have a quick follow-up. But, um, you know, Willie Gay seemed to tip the pick a little bit, maybe talking about uh, drafting you on Twitter, and it came true. Uh, how close are you to, to Willie, and what kind of conversations did you have leading up to the draft? Uh, so I really didn't have any conversations with Willie. Uh, interesting story. I was uh, looking to go to college at uh, Mississippi State. I was really was at. Uh, I went to a camp down there. Uh, he kind of showed me around. That's when I first met him. Uh, so we kind of have a little, little history. Um, I talked to him a little bit at, at that camp. Uh, and so we kind of were in a little bit of communi- uh, communication and stuff like that. So that's kind of how uh, uh, I knew uh, Willie. 
And I'm curious, you know, looking at this Chiefs team, I mean, obviously it's a Super Bowl contender, but how is it that you, when you look at this defense, how is it that you feel like that you fit in and can be a contributor on day one like Andy Reid says he thinks you can be? Uh, just being smart and essential. Uh, that's kind of how, how I play. Um, so I just kind of feel like bringing that to an NFL team, uh, myself in position to play. I thought the opportunity to. Um, so just kind of be an intelligent player, be smart, playing fast, physical, tough. Uh, all the characteristics need to be a great uh, NFL linebacker. Uh, I feel like I have those uh, characteristics. And so I'm just ready to go out there. I have a chance to compete. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Nate, congratulations. Uh, my two questions are just what was your initial reaction when you got the phone call from the Chiefs? And then secondly, when you did meet with them before the draft, what did you want to convey to them uh, that they may have not known, obviously just looking at you on the field? Uh, yes, yeah, so I looked at my phone. I uh, kind of looked at it for half a second uh, and all, um, and then just picked it up answered it, uh, just talking to the coaches and stuff like that. Uh, um, Coach Hill uh, was at Coach Missouri for a while, so he, he I talked to him too, so uh, we were kind of familiar with each other. Uh, but So I'm just excited to be here beside the program. Okay, that was Nick Bolton, and now here is Creed Humphrey, the Oklahoma center taken with the Chiefs' second pick in the second round, number 63 overall. Humphrey's college career overlapped with that of Orlando Brown by a season, and I thought it was interesting what Humphrey said about what he learned from his former Sooners teammate. We'll start first with uh, our TV partner, Mick Schaefer with KSHB. Go ahead, Mick. Great. Congratulations. Welcome to Kansas City. Just wondering your overall thoughts on uh, being selected by the Chiefs. And I think you overlapped with Orlando Brown one year down there in Norman. Your thoughts of pairing up with him again. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, I'm really close with Orlando. He's, you know, helped me a lot. He's mentored me a lot at my time at OU. So, uh, you know, just being able to be on a team with him, I'm really excited about it. And then be able to join such a great organization. You know, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Creed. Um, what were your conversations like with the Chiefs before the draft, you know, over the past month or so? I mean, could you get a feel that they had this interest in you? Yeah, you know, it was good. You know, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of teams, and, uh, you know, I, I felt it went really well when I talked to them. So, uh, you know, I knew what kind of organization I could get into if I came here. So I was, you know, as soon as I got that call, I was just so excited. And I, you know, I'm ready to get to work. Let's go next to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Well, I said welcome back to, with Oklahoma with Orlando, and now I'm back in it again. Shawnee, Oklahoma, man. Shout out. Um, hey, when you were playing at Shawnee, I always remember your coach being talking about you as dirty, tough, and doing all the little things. Just how are you going to adapt to the NFL with the, the same philosophy, that country strong toughness you bring to the table all the time? Yeah, you know, it's uh, something I've always played with, and it's something that, uh, you know, I think it's helped me win a lot of matchups. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely, you know, excited to, you know, come in and, uh, you know, just start competing and uh, start helping this team get better. You know, I can't wait. Let's go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Great. I'm just wondering how um, uh, nerve-wracking tonight was and, and what when did you start hearing that you might be drafted? Yeah, you know, it was definitely nerve-wracking. Um, uh, as far as when I was uh, going to be heard that I was going to get drafted, you know, uh, we knew it would be somewhere in the second round. That's what we were thinking. So uh, when I got the call, you know, it was a huge sigh of relief. And then, you know, I got the call from, you know, the best organization in the country. So, uh, you know, I, I was just so excited, so relieved. And uh, now I'm just so ready to get to work. 
back to Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Great. Congratulations. Uh, you had an opportunity to work with now two starters in the NFL and Kyler and, and Jalen. How do you think that those experiences will benefit you now as you transition to uh, hopefully uh, being under center with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, you know, I've gotten to, I've had the chance to play with some good quarterbacks at OU and, uh, you know, it's a big help for me. Uh, you know, just their leadership skills, everything like that, you know, it's helped me a lot uh, throughout my career. And, uh, getting to play with a player like Patrick Mahomes, you know, so exciting just because he's so talented, you know, he's such a good player. Uh, he can, you know, change the dynamic of a whole game. So I can't wait to, you know, get up there and uh, start working with the team. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, congratulations tonight. Uh, you mentioned Orlando earlier. Just what do you think you learned most from him that's gotten you to this point, given your guys' relationship? Yeah, you know, just the uh, the mentality that he has every day that he carries on himself. You know, uh, he's a guy that's going to go in there. He, he's going to do the work that's necessary to get him to the next level he wants to be at. And that's something that I, uh, when I got to OU, that's something I admired right away from him when I met him. Uh, seeing him go in, you know, work uh, as hard as he can every single day, work hard in the weight room during training, you know, during position drills and we were doing stuff on our own. And uh, just seeing him uh, do that and just the mentality that he has, and, you know, he's such a mean player on the field too. That's something I've always, you know, admired about him and something I've always tried to, you know, kind of copy my game after. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Brett, just wanted to ask you about the one trade you guys made for uh, Noah Gray to trade up uh, with the Jets. I was wondering if you just walk through why it was necessary to, to go there and then just your comments on, on why you wanted the player so badly. Well, <laughs> You know, I didn't think, um, I shouldn't say I, I we as a staff, I, I, I wasn't sure that this tight end class was, was super deep. Uh, certainly everyone had had pits there at the top of the board. I think that there was um, talent, though, throughout the draft. These guys were a little bit more, some guys were primary blockers. Some guys had a receiving skill set. And early on, we, we took a liking to Noah Gray and, and just saw him as a really unique inside slot receiver, H-back, fullback. Um, he's a little undersized for, you know, being an inline player. But it, it's so hard to replace Travis when he's not in the game because he has such a unique skill set. And, and Noah has a similar, again, you don't want to pair, compare anyone to Travis Kelsey, but Noah has a, a unique skill set uh, as a slot, bigger tight end receiver. Uh, looking at the board and and kind of working through that, you know, uh, Josh Kanda w- was a guy that, you know, we were certainly interested in. And once we fulfilled that kind of need there at defensive end with Josh, we quickly looked at the board and, you know, we knew that we wouldn't be able to get up all that high. So once we got into that range where we felt we can do a flopping of picks that would get us up, 
uh, we were going to be aggressive. So we just had to wait. So we were literally waiting to, for 15, 20, 25 picks to go by. Um, we had two different deals in place. Um, we actually had the Jets at first, they weren't committing to the, the move. I think there was a team behind them that said they they would commit to the move. And we had just said that if our guy was still on the board, we'd be interested. Uh, once Jets got on the clock, they called us back and they said they would be interested. But we were really identifying that trade probably about 20 picks ahead. Uh, we were just waiting. We just couldn't get into that range. We didn't want to surrender a pick. Uh, we could have moved up even even higher by just surrendering a flat pick, but we, you know, we wanted to work in volume and we identified a few teams that were willing to swap picks and, and we were okay with shifting down later and, and allowing a team to come up higher later if we can move up a little in that fifth. Um, but, you know, that was a guy that is, again, as soon as we selected uh, Josh Kando, we were, we had our eyes locked on. We, we, um, we called Josh and we welcomed him to the kingdom. And then as soon as we got off the phone, we were back in the draft room on the phone, calling every team to see how we can flop picks, get back, get back up there and get Noah. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Brett, uh, the second round, um, grabbing a center, you guys did a lot of work, obviously, uh, in, in filling that, that, position you talked about kind of a sweet spot being that that mid second maybe down to like mid third or at least top of the third was there any conversation about maybe trading down and the fact that it was you know you've turned that offensive line strength into a very or the offensive line position into kind of a strength now to then go and, and put more resources into it I would think that you know maybe you didn't think Creed was going to be there and and maybe that changed how you were going to do the dynamics yeah, we were fielding calls, I would say about six to eight picks uh, before our, our selection at 58 and at, and at 62. Uh, we had a couple teams uh, offer potential uh, trade down scenarios. Surin, they never really materialized, though. And then once we got on the clock and, and you know, typically when, when teams call you, the deals are good. When you call teams, the deals are bad. Right. So uh, early on before 58, we had some calls and we were monitoring some situations and, and, and we were potentially open to doing that. Uh, as those six, those five or six picks went by, uh, the one team kind of backed out on what they proposed and then there was no calls. And at that point, again, once you start making calls, then, then that means you're willing to take, take less in value. Um, and then factor that in with having a guy like Nick Bolton on the board at 58, uh, great player. And then, then again, at 62 Creed Humphrey, I mean, the value was just way too good. Uh, certainly both those players we're really excited about and, and very fortunate to get. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Brett. Good morning. Good morning, Herbie. How you doing? Hey, I'm well, thanks. Uh, you, you guys didn't draft a safety uh, this year. How much of that is a sign of confidence? A Matthew extension could be done sooner than later. Well, well, look, I had mentioned earlier before, once we get through the agency process and the draft, we'll, we'll sit down. And, and, and last year, you know, we were able to get a lot of our veteran players done during during the summer and and what, enough can't be said about Tyron and how we feel about him and, and his role both on and off the field here um so but look I mean you know I had said earlier that once we were able to um to execute the Orlando Brown trade that it really just opened us up to taking the best player available and and, and that was kind of the the mentality we, we worked this entire weekend we were just going to stay stay true to the board we felt that you know once free agency ends you really like to go in the draft knowing that you can go out there and, and play play in a game and and so again once the left tackle position was filled we felt like we can stay true to the board take the best player available because again 
perceived needs this year, you know, has no indication of what the need will be next year. And and we're trying to build continuity and build for the long haul here. And again, as I mentioned, you know, hopefully something gets done with Orlando. So you have him under contract for a while, Joe Tunia under contract for a while now, Creed Hunt, Humphrey under contract for a while. So if, if you work with that mentality, take the best player available, you're going to have these guys under contract for four or five years. And um, again, once we're able to, to solidify that left tackle position, we really just stay true to the board and took the best player available at every position. Thanks to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Brett, how are you doing today? Hey, Adam, how are you doing? Good. Hey, Brett, was just wondering when the plan for the offensive line started to come together. I mean, I can't imagine that you got together the day after the Super Bowl and said, hey, we got to do something here. So, so just curious if you can sort of take us through a timeline a little bit of, mm. of uh, what your thinking was as the time went on and then into free agency and even through the weekend, this weekend when you got two players. And Brad, I'll have one more question as well. Well, I mean, really, I mean, this, the, I would say that the plan had, had always been in place. And, and even at the start of the season, uh, Austin Ryder was going to be a free agent. And, you know, certainly uh, Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz were um, both getting up there um, in regards to years experience and, and playing in the league. So I think our eye was always on that as our college guys are on the road. And as we started to meet in free agency uh, in that process, and, and, and even before Fish got hurt, you when we met, I think in, in early December or late November, um, our, our blueprint early on was, you know, we're going to really solidify some, some offensive line play in regards to tackle depth, uh, interior depth, and, and where can we find value in free agency? Now, certainly that plan got, got put into ultra gear after fish got hurt. And then it was made aware to us that short uh, Mitch was going to get off season surgery. Um, it was on our radar the whole time, but I think the level of urgency just, really picked up uh, as soon as Eric got hurt and we got word that Mitch was going to get um, surgery. So uh, again, I, I would say that that was probably going to be our priority anyway, in the off season, uh, we probably doubled down a, a little bit um, knowing that some of the veterans that we anticipated back wouldn't be back either. Um, okay. Thanks. And uh, also, and I know you set up at the top that you really weren't ready to talk about at least some of your undrafted mm -hmm. guys that you signed. Does that go for all the guys? Because there's one I had a particular question about. Would that go for all of them? Yeah, I mean, typically once we get them under contract, uh, you know, we don't, these guys are going to come in here and have to get a physical and then we'll get them under contract. Um, Fair enough. Yeah, uh, but once those guys sign, you okay. know, we'll certainly make them available and, and we'll be happy to talk about them. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Let's go next to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Hey, Brett, just wondering, uh, Trey Smith in the sixth round, what kind of value you think you got from, from him at that, at that, at that point? Yeah, obviously we we feel we got tremendous value. Uh, extremely talented player, great person too, smart. Um, so listen, there's been a lot a lot of talk about Trey and his fall, and um, you know I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't really want to speak on in regards to his conditions, but. Um, I think Mike Berganzi was on the other day and he spoke about it. We did a lot of work with him, uh, in particular, Mike Monaco. Um, you know, he, he has, uh, you know, I'll probably defer to Rick on this cause I don't want to screw up the language, but, um, you know, he had uh, a situation he was going through and he tried some different medications and some of them worked, some of them didn't, but, um, really put a lot of faith and trust in, in Rick and in his training staff. And then, um, I was I would say that of all the players throughout this draft process, I don't think I spoke to Mike Monaco more about uh, th than Trey Smith. We had a, a ton of dialogue with him and Mike was involved um, a lot in that process, not just with me and my staff and Rick and his staff, but also the people at the University of Tennessee, uh, Trey's agent, Trey himself. So, you know, Mike did a, a really good job of making sure he had all the um, information. And, and again, you know, safety's uh, the most important thing for us. And, 
you know, I would say that in general, we're probably one of the more conservative staffs there are um, in regards to any any gray. We're probably taking people off our board. Uh, so I knew early on that when Mike thought he had an idea of how to fix this, I thought that we were really on to something because, again, um, any area gray, we're usually taking the player off the board because we don't want to put players in that position here in Kansas City. So um, feel good about the work we did on him. And and again, if everything works out, you're getting a guy that obviously would have been drafted a lot higher, got tremendous upside with him. So we're looking forward to getting him here and, and having Mike and our trainers work with him and getting him up to speed and seeing if we can tap into all that potential. Looks like we've got three hands up. We'll go right down the line, starting with Todd Lebo. Go, Todd. Hey, Brad, I wonder if you have any clarity yet on what the next couple of weeks will look like for these rookies, if you're going to get to have them here, have in person, and then if you've had any conversations with the, the leadership of your, your veteran team on whether or not they're going to be virtual or showing up for the OTAs yet. Yeah, so as far as, uh, you know, the um, conversation with the leadership and, and the OTAs, uh, Coach Reed's handling that with Pat and Tyron and those guys. And, and obviously our staff was just you know, working on the draft. Uh, as far as I know, and these rookies should be in here next week and, and, you know, we should get this rookie camp off next week. So uh, anticipating all these guys arriving here Wednesday, Thursday, getting a physical, getting geared up and, and getting out there and uh, going through the first install uh, as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brett. Um, when we talked to uh, Ryan Nutt on Saturday, he mentioned that uh, Powell was a guy that could be more of a post-up player. I'm just wondering, did you identify that as maybe a need for you guys, or was he just sort of the next receiver on your board and that happens to be his qualities? It kind of worked out uh, in both regards. <clears throat> he was, again, going back to the mindset we worked all weekend. He, he was the best player available, uh, but he ironically enough, did fill that, that kind of post-up position. He's a six foot, 210, 212-pound receiver. He's big, strong, physical. Um, you know, the production-wise, I mean, he had a, a monster year this year, but leading up to that, uh, the production wasn't always there. He, you know, he had some injuries that he dealt with, and obviously Clemson has a lot of talent. This year, he really kind of tapped into, you know, that potential. And, and if you look at the second half of his season last year, that was good as any, any wide out in the country. I mean, he was just ripping off big game after big game and, and, and certainly showed what he can do versus Notre Dame and, and the bowl game versus Ohio state. So love his skill set, And for where we are on our roster with McColl and, and with Tyreek, he's going to be a great compliment, uh, you know, as an ex receiver, got big size, really good after the catch, strong player. So just think it's a great fit um, and, and great value there. And, and we're excited to work with him and see how he can add to an already dynamic offense. And we'll go last to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Brett. Thanks for the time, as always. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, you mentioned you, you briefly touched on uh, Joshua Kando earlier. Um, but just curious, you know, he's obviously has incredible skills and athleticism tested through the roof. But, you know, how do you kind of feel like he is as far as his development and maturity goes at this point? And, and how do you kind of visualize him fitting into the, the, the DN rotation this year? Well, this is a, a prototypical Steve Spagnola DN right here. I mean, 6'5", uh, 265, 268, 35, and 38 since arm, I think. I mean, he's long, athletic. Uh, he he has he has some 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 work to do in regards to his development. So he had an injury a couple of years ago that really put him back. Uh, he had an ankle injury, I, I believe, in in 19. Uh, was off to a really good 
good, uh, maybe it was 20, 19 or 20, I guess it was two years ago. I'm losing track of my years here, but a couple of years ago, he had an ankle injury, was off to a hot start, set him back. And then sometimes those injuries are slow, um, you know, keep it, make it more difficult for you to return. And, you know, he had some lingering effects off that into this season. Uh, but again, going back to the medical staff and the work we've done, uh, like the way that that's healed up now. And, and again, he's a guy that has a, a ton of potential, but his size, length, and overall skill set is exactly what we're looking for. Uh, great kid, smart, will catch on quick. So we think he'll he'll come in here and and fit in right away. And you know, I think the more he gets to be with Brendan Daly in that defensive line room, uh, you know, we we think that that talent will come out. But I mean, we're excited to work with him, skill set wise. I mean, he has all the tools you look for at that position. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the draft and the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. And what a great time to subscribe. The Royals start a homestand tonight, still in first place in the AL Central. Colleges are always making news, as evidenced by Kansas introducing its new football coach, Lance Leipold, today. And of course, it is never not chief season. So how do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.